Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I think they should just do it a lottery system and they choose like a hundred <laughs> random people from the States, like anyone who's on the census and they get to pick. <laughs> <laughs> be absolute chaos. That'd be a disaster. Yeah, complete disaster. <laughs> That'd be a Fast and Furious winning best picture. Yeah, every single time. <laughs> I've only seen the first two. You've never seen Tokyo Drift? Oh, I've seen, I've seen the first you three. You call yourself first, a film expert. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come on, man. Bow Wow's in that whole car is drifting around like a like a crazy person. <laughs> I've Classic. seen Tokyo Drift. I was mistaken. I just haven't seen the last five. <laughs> the last five. <laughs> That's Even that sentence is unbelievable. Isn't it? What a world we live in. Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's greatest fascinations and try to work out, are they really worth the hype? It may be a like, but is it a legitimate like? My name is Hugh and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Will. Hi Will, how are you? Oh, Hugh, I'm so excited and I'm also slightly nervous because I asked our guests what their surname pronunciation was and I've totally forgotten it, so I'm going to jump straight in. Please welcome the most exciting guests we've ever had on the podcast, James and Anthony Devaney. You got it right. That's it. Yeah. They're co-hosts of Raiders of the Lost podcast. It's one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world. And they talk about all things. They do best of episodes, versus episodes, spotlight episodes. It's an incredible podcast. And we're, we're hugely excited they're here. Hi, guys. Thank hey, you for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. I did that all in one breath. I, I didn't realize how <laughs> nervous it. I was about You can breathe next. Yeah, breathe next time. Yeah, he's <gasps> going to need a little lie down now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. You nailed the last name. You nailed it. Uh, so which voice is which for the, for the listeners? This is Anthony. And this is James. You know, I have a more nasally annoying sounding voice than Anthony. He's a little deeper. Think of me as like an American Aladdin or something like that. And I'm more emotionless in my delivery. Emotionless like a robot, yeah. Yeah, yeah great. Um, so what, what made you start the Raiders of the Lost podcast? And, and a, why the name? It was a combination of lockdown here in America. I lost a lot of my work and didn't really know what to do. And I tried to get into a few film podcasts, but felt that... They didn't really know what they were talking about. They didn't really have the passion for film. 
And a lot of times these podcasts, they spend more time criticizing films than um, uplifting films and talking about how amazing they are. And James had a lot of experience doing his own podcast and running a, a TikTok channel. So we were talking one day and we just said, how about we do a film podcast on our own and see what happens? It was really a perfect storm. You know, COVID was a horrible situation for the world and lockdowns, but we took advantage of the time, the opportunity to do something creative, to start a business. And, you know, originally we didn't, we didn't expect to be where we are now, but we had a vision and we just worked our butts off for freaking two years, 100-hour weeks, just nonstop, sacrificing a lot of time, social life, stuff like that. And we just had a vision. We stuck to it. We had our plan. And eventually we're at where we're now, where we're both full-time on the podcast. And the name Raiders of the Lost Podcast, that came from spending like a week and a half trying to figure out a name because we were late to the game for podcasts. They started getting popular in like 2017, 2018, and we were obviously late. And, you know, with a podcast, it's important to get a, a punny name or like something clever. Like you guys have something fun and clever too. And we wanted to relate it to movies so people understood that this is a movie podcast. So we finally came up with Raiders of the Lost Podcast. And at first, people thought it was only an Indiana Jones podcast, but then eventually <laughs> we changed our branding to like be less toned to that and that yeah. we do all movies and films. So it was really just kind of a perfect storm of events that happened. We never really planned on it ever happening like this. I mean, if if Will didn't feel inadequate before your explanation, yeah, <laughs> and certainly I did. does now. I mean, <laughs> I just love the flex of Anthony putting on a merch cap from your own podcast during the explanation of the podcast like that yeah. is will just write legitimate likes on your hat okay or like <laughs> scroll it on your chest Avail available on our link tree oh excellent well listeners pick one up they look great uh no i mean it's i mean we didn't even know there were 100 hours in a week that's extremely impressive but to be honest i think it's cool because like yeah i think you're right about film podcasts like you they can go either way and i think you guys seem to have hit the balance between like being able to talk about a film with some knowledge, but also just being fans, you know, like also yeah. just not being afraid to be like, I just love this, you know? Yeah. And like, that's what normal people are like, you know? The the biggest podcast for me that I, it was this uh, podcast called Rewatchables and they did an episode on Gladiator and they spent 20 minutes making fun of Gladiator and like criticizing it. And I'm, I'm like, I have not a single bad thing to say about that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And I was like, fuck these guys. We can do way better than them. <laughs> Yeah, take that, Bill Simmons. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted the show to feel like you're just hanging out with your friends, your movie friends. We all, if we love, if anyone loves movies, you have movie people you talk to and movies you see together. You have a lot of the same opinions and appreciation for film. We wanted to make it sound like you're just with your buds, your movie friends talking about movies and like sharing opinions and also with some deep analysis, but to make it feel like you're in the room with us. Oh, it's so nice to have you on. I, I do appreciate you saying that the name is good. I think our name is garbage. Legitimate likes is a terrible name. You don't know what the podcast is. Legitimate is a long word. It's a very long word. And I still don't really know how to spell it. So I think it's a bad name. You got an alliteration, yeah. though. You got that going yeah. for you. Alliteration's great. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Will understands the word alliterative, though, either. So Nope, that's too long for me. <laughs> this, of course, from the man with the longest and most ridiculous surname in the world. <laughs> Uh, Seabag Montefiore. There you go. It's close, cl as close as I got to Devony. Seabag. Yeah, it's like a sack of the ocean followed by a mountain <laughs> of flowers in Italian. <laughs> I can't believe the audacity I had to not be able to pronounce your name when I'm lugging this double barrel around. Like, <laughs> you got way too many vowels in that name. Yeah. There's more vowels than an consonants. Unbelievable <laughs> amount of vowels. I used to when I was a kid. <laughs> I wanted to be a footballer. But um, the biggest fear I had was that my name wouldn't fit on the back of the shirt. <laughs> 
<laughs> the ego kids have. The ego we have. Like, when I'm a pro, my name's not going to fit on my jersey. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> I mean, I'll get there. I'll get there no matter yeah, yeah. what. <laughs> I was, like, practicing my celebrations and stuff. That's all. I, I was bad at football, but great at cartwheels. Speaking of bad at football. Oh! Producer, producer Michael. Hi, Michael. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. Um, great, great to have you on, guys. Uh, thanks a million for, for, for coming on the show. Um, of course. So this week, we haven't mentioned it yet, but this week we're talking about the Oscars, uh, the Academy Awards. Um, they're the pinnacle of the Hollywood Awards season, and I think an Oscar is really seen as confirmation of an actor or a director or a movie's success. And they're obviously a major media event every year. Shit, does that mean I'm not successful? Not, <laughs> yes. not yet, Will. Not yet, <laughs> okay. Not Oscar caliber. Not pretty honest, um, pretty honest. But I guess the question is, do they deserve all of that attention? And are they a legitimate like? So that's what we're talking about this week. Um, what I was going to do is, obviously, I know you guys have had a, a couple of uh, Oscar kind of run-in episodes. You've done a couple of Oscar previews. You've shared your thoughts already. But just to kick it off, get us all on the level playing field, we're going to start with uh, a legitimate likes favorite, a three-question quiz. Um, so, so question one, and guys, this is collaborative, by the way. Everyone, everyone jump in on this. Um, so at the Academy Awards, the so-called Big Five Awards are those for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay. Um, and as of 2021, only three films have won all five of them. Can you name any one of them? Sounds the Lord of the Coco's Nest. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sands, one floor of the cuckoo's yeah, nest. Yeah, hold on. And... Hold on. Now, let's see. What's the third, third one? one? It's an old It's an old one. It's not Godfather, because Coppola, Coppola didn't win no. Best Director for the first one. Guys, or oh, Will, Will, um... we've never had a quiz where we stand such... I'm, where I've so, been so glad that it's a collaborative quiz. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a classic. Ah. It's an old one. I to can't kill remember. Kill a mockingbird. It's like a 1940s. Or... No, it is an old no. one. It's an old one. It's one I hadn't heard of. It's yeah. A wonderful. No, it's not. A, it's a wonderful life. Nah. No. no. Michael, it's give us. Give us Christmas. a. Give us a. It, an 1930, era. 1934. Very specific era. <laughs> I hadn't. Oh, what is I it? I heard about. I don't know. I can't one. remember. I mean, this is impressive, guys. You've already crossed the finish line. You're just doing doing donuts with more answers. Um, it's called <laughs> It Happened One Night, 1934. Yeah. Um, and you're right, the other two are One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Silence of the Lambs. So they got all, all the big five. Yes, it seems, I have to say, in today's Oscars, it seems unlikely to happen again. They kind of spread the love around. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't, though, can't argue with those two films, though, getting, getting those five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, no way. Yeah. A couple of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. I, arguably, though, even, even more impressive was The Return of the King, which was nominated for 11 categories, including Best Picture. And won all of them, which is which is the only only want to do that. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. I, I think that that was part of it was sort of it was being awarded. Certainly, the best picture was seen as an award for all three films uh, in the in, in Lord of the Rings trilogy. What, what do you guys think of that? There's a there's a there's you know there's something we'll get to, but there is a, a sort of theme in the Oscar of, of rewarding a series or rewarding an actor for a whole body of work. Is that something you like to see? I mean, you could. You could say that um, for Lord of the Rings, but then in, in turn, Harry Potter's never really been nominated mm. or rewarded mm. for much at all. And some of those films are really some of the best of each year yeah. that came out. So yeah. I think it depends on the film. Uh, I think that the Academy never really was a huge fan of Harry Potter in terms of accolades. Yeah. Whereas uh, Lord of the Rings, I think, is it seemed more mature yeah, yeah, yeah. and more, more epic and grandiose in scale. So that's why it got rewarded. And also... 
Lord of the Rings, the first one, should have been nominated for a lot more things, and I could have even seen that win Best Picture yeah. the first Agreed. one. And when it comes Agreed. to Lord of the Rings, I think all those awards were for sure deserved. I mean, especially Return of the King. That's such an incredible film. We'll never see filmmaking like that. The closest thing we've gotten since then is probably Dune with that much practical mm -hmm. filmmaking on such a large scale. But with, with Lord of the Rings, I don't think there was ever, despite all the Oscars they won, they never had an Oscar win for acting, I don't think. I don't think anyone no, won no an Oscar for acting, which is shocking because, I mean, yeah, we all love Ian McKellen, but, like, Sean Astin as Sam in those movies yeah. is incredible. Like, he didn't Supporting get a nomination. I don't think he sure. got a nomination at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they went with, like, obviously Best Picture and everything like that. It's an amazing accomplishment. But no acting nominations, I think that was... That, that, that was specific for Academy voters not wanting them to get nominated for stuff like that. But the franchise movies, like Anthony said, I mean, Prisoner of Azkaban, Half-Blood Prince, those are two of the best movies made this century, in my opinion, and when it comes to large-scale filmmaking. But, I mean, I, and it's just now it's like franchises and big franchise movies, they, they're just getting like the visual effects nominations besides, obviously, Dune got Best Picture this year, which was really great to see. But science fiction, fantasy, they seldom get overlooked in horror, especially at the Academy yeah. Awards, for all kinds of awards. I think definitely the, the, the genre bias is massive. Now, I will say, James, if and when I ever have children, I will be telling them that there is a series of books called Harry Potter, and I will deny all knowledge of the films even exist. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to really? join you. Oh. I'm not going to join you on, uh, on, on the love of even those two films, which I will accept are the better two of the series. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I think they... Why do, you, why do you not like the Harry Potter movies? Um... I, I think I'm such a massive fan of the books that possibly they would never be able to 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 get there for me. And I think the first two were not good at all. And then I think they did pick it up a lot in the third. But by that stage, I think I was just already out on them, you know? <laughs> you, you know what, Hugh? My, the, fir the first one's my favorite. Oh, my yeah. God! First one's, first Take back definitely... everything I said about your podcast. I hate you guys. <laughs> you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna not jump ship, but I'm gonna put a little toe on Anthony's ship because I think the first film is the best film because all the ki kid yeah. actors hadn't matured into bad actors yet. They were just kids who couldn't. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, Rupert Grint surprisingly might be the best of all three of them in those movies. He's great. Yeah. Oh, well, I would say, yeah. I mean, look, this isn't the Harry Potter podcast. We did that as our first episode, and it was a legitimate like, so just so you know. <laughs> but, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, back to the Oscars. That's right. Yeah, when you talk about crediting series or the sort of the award for the body of work, like I always think of Paul Newman, who won for Color of Money, and he's great in Color of Money, but he's so incredible in all these other films beforehand that he could have won. Ten nominations. For, you know? Or you look at Pacino, you know, who won for Scent of a Woman, and again, totally deserved but there's so many other ones and so you do get the feeling that every now and then the academy are sort of like well this guy could die very soon so we'd better do something about it well that's martin scorsese the guy ma had make making movies for 40 mm. years finally got his oscar for the departed in 2006 Six, yeah. that, when that came out and it's just like this guy's made some of the best movies of all yeah. time raging bull taxi driver casino Goodfellas, some of the best movies of all time, and he never won Best Director. I mean, he, he finally got it. It seemed like like The Departed is not his best movie, but it was like kind of like the Academy's like, he's kind of old, he's great, everyone loves him, let's just let's yeah, give him, get him the vote here. This. But I mean, there's so many great uh, filmmakers who never even won an Oscar besides him. Yeah, I mean, Tarantino is eventually, he's probably never going to win Best Director because he only has one more movie left, so he'll get an honorary Oscar just like Stanley Kubrick got an honorary Oscar, which is like a thanks for your service. But like they never, he, Stanley Kubrick never won director, which is just absurd when you think about 
the history of film and how highly yeah. regarded he is now. Uh, and then he gets one, but it's an honorary one. So it's it's hard to when awards awards come out every year. It depends like the climate of Hollywood, the, the climate of politics and the culture that has a lot to do with how people vote. Um, Kubrick's films were very much misunderstood when they came out, and now they're considered some of the best ever made. But when they were coming out, people didn't really know how great they were. So also, you know, how the trends of the social culture are each year, like it influences what will get nominated, what will win Best Certainly. Picture. So it also, it's not just voting, it's what the culture is like. Well, I remember like even someone saying when The Shape of Water won, which I thought was great, I have to say, but when The Shape of Water won, I love and that someone movie. said like, this is the point we've got to where the safe option is the one where the woman had sex with a fish, you know? Like that's the, <laughs> that's kind of the standard toe the line win here <laughs> no one's taking risks anymore <laughs> no, exactly <yeah. laughs> well that, that talk, talking about the, the the bias or uh you know the annual sort of favoritism for a theme that brings on to question question two which is which is a quick one true or false no science fiction film has ever won best picture that's a good question i'm good <sighs> Like a strictly science fiction film, not like throwing it into like yeah other kind of subcategory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gandhi wasn't science fiction, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael, can we hear your definition of science fiction? Because I feel like it might be something crazy. Blade Runner, like that's a science fiction. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, that kind of science yeah. fiction. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it never never has happened. Correct, correct, true. No, no. No, no, no science fiction film ever won, which is uh, kind of crazy when you think that it's it's a tentpole for the industry, right? You know, kind of. Same thing with I don't think horror has ever won either. I don't think comedies really ever won. Yeah, com- unless it's like a drama. Comedies get overlooked comedy. all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's horror big time. I mean, especially this past ten years, we're we're in like a brand new boom of horror. It's been incredible. Some incredible movies like Ari Aster, Jordan Peele films. But I mean, yeah. like Tony Collette in, in Hereditary is one of the best performances I've seen in the last five, ten years. And she didn't get a nomination or anything like that because it's a horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did The Exorcist win Best Picture, I wonder? Ooh. Trivia. I think it might have. There's going to be someone listening to this who knows the answer and they'll feel like a ghost. <laughs> Who's got the best access to Wi-Fi? <laughs> I don't have Wi-Fi right now. I don't think it did. It did not. It won Best Adapted Screenplay, The Exorcist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Sci-fi, sci-fi horror. Yeah. This is like watching Fox. This is amazing. That, that's funny as well because horror is such like, you know, you sort of, what's the phrase? You, you cut your teeth, you, you uh, buff your nipples. As a filmmaker, it's like the first thing you do is do a horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well the thing is, horror is easier to make. It's uh, You can make it on a much smaller budget. You don't need much to do it. You can make... You know, paranormal activities in a house made for like fifteen thousand dollars, and that made is the most profitable film ever made. So it's it's a lot easier practically and budget wise to make a horror film than it is to make you know a period piece, a, a war yeah. film, like anything that requires having to change environments or rent a lot of locations and stuff. So mm-hmm. horror is easier to pull off. Have you made times. a horror film, Anthony? I have not made a horror oh, film, shit. but I want to. Okay, watch this space. Uh, can can Michael name it? Go on, Michael, name Anthony's film, and it's a binding contract. Well, I feel like you're just trying to get cast in it. So. Yep, hundred percent. Is it called <laughs> the Haunting of Will House or something? Oh, like well, that? what are the chances? <laughs> I, my name's Will. <laughs> it's it's meant to be, man. You can call my people, person, <laughs> me. You can call me. Please call me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he won't show up cool. until an hour later, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We film only on daylight savings. <laughs> yeah, I guess the listener probably doesn't know that. Uh, that we were like, yeah, we got this amazing, huge guest, fantastic, and then we turned up twenty minutes late. 
<laughs> Not your fault. We oh, showed up at yeah. 12 noon as scheduled in America, but there was daylight savings yesterday that messed everything up. So no worries. And, and you guys weren't affected by it. No. He was eating lasagna. Still living in the past. Uh, question <laughs> three. Fault. Question three. Um, so this is really about the, about the ceremony itself. Uh, nominees at the Oscars receive a famously extravagant gift bag. So which of these things were in the gift bag last year and which have I made up? I'm going to give you three things. Two are real, one I made up. Okay. Um, so first one, a course of at-home intravenous vitamin infusions. <laughs> Second one, a pair of shoes made from the seat that last year's Best Actor winner was sitting That's on. incredible. And three, um, a PETA-branded emergency hammer, which is supposed to be for breaking dogs out of cars on a hot day. <laughs> And two of those three are real things. Honestly, they all sound like the, like the Academy would give them those awards. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm the saying second. the shoes are fake. Shoes are faked. Yeah. Hmm. Will, 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 you're the expert here. Will, what do you think? Yeah. Well, um, I know a lot about Peter. I was gonna say they probably called it the Peter Beater, but that wouldn't work in an American accent. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, that wouldn't rhyme in an American accent. I didn't understand uh, Peter at all when I heard it the first time. I was thinking like the bread. But now it makes more sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a pit of bread hammer. I mean, <laughs> I'd buy it. That wouldn't help. The dog would just get hungry and die. So, uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, my instinct was the uh, well, intravenous at home. I, I don't know. L.A. is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy here. <laughs> Hollywood, man. Yeah. I feel like that my you see my my initial thing on the chair is that there wouldn't be enough material, but maybe it's like the Super Bowl where they have like four hundred different chairs and they keep moving, <laughs> moving them in and out. Yeah, and they know? get the the best actor winner to just sit on all of them on the night. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I, I just think I just think the practicality of making shoes like everyone has different size feet. And oh yeah. It's yeah. like how do you yeah, make yeah, all yeah, those? Yeah. You, it's yeah. easier to just make one thing that's like the same for Everyone's everyone. Everyone's got the same I, size car. I put my this. whole foot. It's not just a toe on Anthony's ship now. It's a whole foot. Well, the experts, right. the experts got it right. Uh, yeah, I made up the shoes, but I, I mean, I would, I would definitely, I would gladly receive them. That would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, they get the, the at-home IV uh, infusions uh, and then the, the emergency hammer, which I think you're supposed to use on other people's cars. Like, I think this is for I don't use think you're when supposed you to use it at all, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, so guys, that's, that's three out of three. Very impressive. Um, nice. And I suppose now we're, we're we're getting into pros and cons. What do you what do you like? What do you what do you not like um, about about the Oscars? Gonna throw it. Well, there. I think the the prestige of the Oscars is obviously the most alluring thing about it, and you know the validation it gives for amazing filmmakers, actors, screenwriters. Um, the the ceremony itself, I wish that they 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 have had trouble with hosts the last like four or yeah, five yeah. years. You know. Yeah. And I think that if they were able to lock down like great performers or great stand-up comedians or, or presenters or and just have a, or like a really entertaining show. And like, I remember they tried to do the Grammys thing a few years ago where they tried to have like a ton of musical performances. And I think just having a better host would make it so much better. But I think the, the prestige and the allure is there for the award. Uh, these are, mm. this is an incredible industry, so many great artists and it's incredible to watch people win awards, especially for their first time. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I love to see, like, someone like Hans Zimmer get nominated this year who hadn't been not, who hadn't won since The Lion King. So I think I, I think the award's going to people who really deserve it, like Hans and stuff like that. And I would love to see directors like Denis Villeneuve get nominations, yeah, yeah. which he hasn't which yet. Which is crazy. Which is unfortunate. Like, every yeah. film he's made is amazing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know. So I think maybe a better job on, of, of nominations. On one of the recent episodes, you were, I mean, 
kind of call that out as a, as like a bit of a episode as a bit of a <laughs> bring it up <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah um it's a bit of a it's a, seems like a bit of an oversight become right? a but, segment but maybe they think that he's uh, <laughs> he's got more good films than him maybe i guess you know so mm, yeah. yeah but I, I i appreciate the prestige of the award and how important it is to the film community and mm. you know it's the greatest honor that someone in the industry can receive so i respect it a lot the award for Who's sure your dream host bill burr <laughs> just a loudmouth Bostonian. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Ricky Gervais host it because he does such a good job with the Golden Globes, but I don't think that would ever happen. Because no. he's such a great, he's yeah. a great, he does a great job with that kind of stuff. Yeah, Bill Burr and Ricky Gervais would be chaos. That'd be absolutely <laughs> that'd be, amazing. That'd be pretty funny. That would get killer viewership. It would be oh, so, yeah. it would destroy. Everybody it. would watch it. I'd, I've never, I never watched yeah. the Oscars. I'd absolutely watch that because I'd be like, what train wreck is going to happen here? Because I'm pretty sure Bill Burr, like. He doesn't really write stuff down that much anymore. Like he writes on stage, right? So I imagine he just rants. Yeah. So it would probably be a long ceremony, but whoo. And uh, speaking of <laughs> De- Denis Villeneuve, are there any other um, actors or directors currently active who who haven't won anything at the Oscars yet that you that yeah. you think will? Chris, well, I don't know if you will, but Chris Nolan's only been nominated for director once. Yeah. For Dunkirk. Yeah, has David Fincher yeah. won so, Dar- Oscar? He's not one. Never, no. no. Wow. Okay. But for for like actors who I think could win one in their careers, it's like there's so many. I think Will Smith will win his first one this year. Yeah. I think Oscar Isaac is awesome. Maybe Barry Cogan, who's still so young, and we saw him most recently in the Batman, and obviously yeah. he's in some A24 films. Jordan Peele, I'm sure, will win Best Director. I'm sure Greta Gerwig will, will win one. Saoirse Ronan, um, Robert Eggers, I would love to see one win one I think he will at some point in his career Chris Nolan he's got to win a best director at some point again Denis has to win one at some point and I think there's just a ton of young talent that I'm really excited to see the industry and where it's going forward but I think that's just a good handful of people that I thought that could win eventually yeah I think Lakeith Stanfield's very talented he'll win one as well eventually he's he's a big up-and-coming actor he'll, he'll have a, a bright future and then um yeah that's a great list of people right there but I think that Chris Nolan I have a feeling he might win for his next film. It's a World War II epic. Okay. Um, the Academy always likes period pieces, and they love war, especially World War II. So I think that he might it might be his year next year to win uh, Best Director. Do you think there would be a shift? Would you expect to see a shift at any point? Like, let's say, like, towards, you know, other genres being more successful, like comedy. Like, in terms of comedic actors winning, like, I think... Marissa Tomei won for My Cousin Vinny and I know I think didn't Kevin Klein win for A Fish Called Wanda and yeah. like other than that I can't mm-hmm. think of anyone and certainly I don't know Will you're an actor and a comedian but a lot of people would say it's very 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 difficult to be a good comic actor and yeah, I mean, they I'm don't get recognised you know yeah <laughs> I'm very bad at it I mean Jim Carrey never won an Oscar and I mean he's got some incredible performances outside of comedy yeah. Eternal Sunshine Eternal Show, Sun- yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is incredible. Um, Show. Man, on, Man on the Moon, he's really great in that. So he should have had two Oscar nominations under his belt and probably could have won for Truman Show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so good in that movie. I think just like it goes back to the genre in terms of horror, comedy, sci-fi. You can get Oscar nomination win- in wins for those other genres, maybe sometimes. But comedy, in, 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 like with sci-fi and horror, they just kind of, it seems like they don't want it to dilute maybe the prestige of the war, of the award. So I think that they try to stick to just drama, dramatic acting for wins and stuff like that. I mean, Robin Williams won an Oscar, but that's for a dramatic role in Goodwill Hunting, even though he's a great comedic actor oh, and performer for yeah. decades. 
Um, I think that when they give their awards or nominations, it's more just sticking to dramatic because, like I said, I don't think they want to dilute the, the prestige of the award. Yeah, and the Golden Globes, the Golden Globes is an indicator that they made their own category for just comedy musical, saying like, "Oh, it's not as good as dramatic." <laughs> yeah, or it's even like best animated. You know, you're like, "Well, surely an animated film should be able to win." You know, and there've been some that absolutely could. You know, there's some unbelievable animated films. You know, so comedies, comedies, uh, and, and horror films, as I said, they they miss out a lot. Are there any other categories of awards that you'd like to see? And I, I mean, right across the awards category, that you'd like to see. Uh, included. I, I've got one which is uh, stunt people, right? Um, not because not I think yeah. not films with loads of stunts are great, but they're pretty much the only people uh, like they're, they're risking life and limb and they're pretty much the only people on set who don't have a shot at winning an award. Yeah, um, I think nice. that's, that point has been made before. you know. So that's, that's one for me I'd like to see. That's compl- our number one pick as well. I completely agree with yeah. stunt acting. I think it's just because they're not household names or something. I don't know what it is, but maybe it would, ha- it would determine and, and change the way they're treated in Hollywood, but stunt actors are so integral to especially action films and all kinds of movies they're used on pretty much every set even if it's not an action movie they're so important and you know they they help you believe that these characters are really doing these things whether it's the actor in the role or not and you know especially the the way they're hiding stunt people is even more interesting today and, and more uh it's like they're putting like they're making realistic masks and putting having stuntmen on the, like wear those and stunt women wear we're those gone from the day where the stunt would happen and, and the guy would just have to roll away holding his face <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah in terms of the academy and the voters like you guys you guys are the experts like what's the makeup there and how much turnover is there every year so academy members are people who work in the film industry from every part of the crew from acting to members of the smaller part of the crew like uh, DPs and editors and stuff and so only a certain number of people are selected to become academy voters it'll be every like like Seth Rogen was just selected as an academy voter like last year and a bunch of other filmmakers actors and they make up the pool of voting and so directors will vote in their own guilds as well like the directors guild have their own award system editors guild have their own their own award system as well but then they vote for the academy awards so um, these members make up like a representation, a small bubble portion of the entire film community. And as older members die, they need to add new members every year. And so those are the people who are voting for awards. Yeah, and unfortunately, it hasn't been a very diver- diverse group of people until very recently. Now they're adding more diversity and inclusivity, thank God, to it because there's just, you know, a very high white male percentage of people as voters. But now they're making it more diverse which is a great thing finally for that to happen. But yeah, that's basically the people who vote. And in contrast, the Golden Globes is made up of uh, foreign press. So journalists, film journalists, they're the ones voting. So, we, so we've talked about you know, some of the genres that um, the Academy likes or doesn't like. When you look back over the history of all the awards given, do you guys have any that stand out in terms of, but this film definitely should have won, this film definitely shouldn't? Is there anything that, that sticks out at you as a, as a miss? I think the biggest miss was Saving Private Ryan lost to um, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. And that, yeah. That's it, wild. And no one really talks about Shakespeare in Love at all, but Saving yeah. Private Ryan is considered if one of, if not the greatest war film yeah, of all yeah. time. Mm. Yeah. And just an, a stunning achievement. I've seen Shakespeare in Love and 100% disagree with the decision that it beat Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> You're half asleep halfway through the title of that film. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous. And the, the, it only won Best Picture because Harvey Weinstein made it so because he produced. Oh well, that's a good reason, isn't it? And then he, fucking hell. Yeah, and he uh, made this giant uh, campaign in the public and in the press saying that uh, Saving Private Ryan was trash and that it was inaccurate. And so he was he was bad mouthing Saving Private Ryan in the press, and that 
built up a lot of negative feedback on Saving Private Ryan, and then that's why voters instead, um, majority of them chose Shakespeare in Love over Saving Private Ryan. I think most recently, uh, Roma, Alfonso Cuarón's last film, didn't win Best Picture. I think that's one of the best movies made in the last five years. Easy. It might be the best in his career, and he's one of the most incredible filmmakers alive today. So I think that was kind of a snub for sure. Spike Lee would do the right thing. I don't even think he got a Best Picture nomination for that film, which was shocking. The yeah, Shining got, yeah, Shining got a lot of snubs as well because that's one of those Kubrick films that people didn't understand yeah. what, how great it was at the time. Um, 2001. Brokeback, Brokeback Mountain, that didn't win Best Picture either. And right, I think that was probably, in my opinion, best picture that year for sure. And then even just recently for nominations, The Green Knight didn't get a single nomination. The Last Duel didn't get a single nomination for this year upcoming. So every year there are great films that kind of just for some reason fly under the radar for Academy voting. I think 2001 2001 could be the biggest snub of all time possibly. It was a groundbreaking film still to this day. And it's it's an amazing accomplishment what Kubrick did with that movie. And it didn't get it didn't win in nineteen sixty eight too I think yeah. one of the one of the I feel another one that's often talked about is is uh, Dances with Wolves which won over Goodfellas and yeah. it's funny because mm-hmm. like I, <laughs> I've watched Dances with Wolves a couple of times and I'll I'll stick up for it as being a good movie but <laughs> I it's like it not I think it's a great movie you know I think Goodfellas yeah. is one of the greatest yeah. movies of all time and again it goes yeah. back to that yeah what's well, also yeah, and then with 1994, Shawshank Redemption beating out Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's right. Crazy. That was the same year. Yeah, yeah. That's an, yes. I mean, Shawshank that's, is it's great. It's a good year. IMDb, that's you know, number like, that's one a rated good movie. battle, I guess. It's, it's, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but also, I, Rocky beat Taxi Driver. I thought Forrest Gump beat Shawshank. Was it Forrest Gump? Yeah, Forrest Gump. Okay, Forrest sorry, Gump my bad. Best picture. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the only really thing the one I know movie about Will has ever seen. Oh my that's god, that's so <laughs> oh, it made me look like I knew anything. I've honestly been sat here. Will's like, I'm glad you brought that up, James. Okay, so Forrest Gump beat both Shawshank and Pulp Fiction, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which okay. is crazy. Um, guys, what I want to do now is try and create a perfect Oscar bait movie. So I want us to each pick one thing. Uh, one element of a movie, we can combine it all together to make the film which is most likely to win the Oscar. Sounds ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure this is how the Hollywood studio system works <laughs> as well. So this, this could work out. So, um, you know, as you said earlier, period pieces tend not to win, uh, or sorry, tend to win. Horror films tend not to win. So, so what would you do if you're fishing for an Oscar? Oh, one thing from each of you. Set during World War Two. Set during World War Two. Right. Okay. Nailed it. Right. Okay. We're going to put these all together. Also set during World War One. Yeah. <laughs> it's a guy who fought in both wars. We get both. So like 1917 plus Saving Private Ryan. Okay. It's a time travel. Stay with me here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen Edge of Tomorrow, you know. No sci-fi, man. No, no sci-fi. sci-fi. We want to okay. win. That's right. It's a father win. and yeah. son. All right. So you, for world... But you, no, you, no, you can do it flashbacks where the character is young and old during <laughs> yeah. both wars. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay, I like it. That's how if you wow, want to a character who fought in both world the, wars. That's a pretty cure, interesting movie idea. Not fought, but yeah, grew up during the first one and then fought. Did you in the see there was one. an amazing picture going around of an eighty three year old former Ukrainian rugby player geared up in all his camo stuff to head back and fight? That's <laughs> like I mean that guy what a boss. is badass. It's amazing. <laughs> so maybe I mean to have that much loyalty to to like eighty three, I'm gonna go fight for my country. Yeah, I love it. So that. I think he should star in our movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, let's, let's have him yeah, star. Okay, okay. Um, 
think or we could have Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think exactly. if he does it, we might forego <laughs> the best actor. <laughs> what if what if uh, Daniel Day Lewis for the screenplay? He's a he's a spy for for the Nazis during World War Two, but working for the Allied powers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it. Double so he's spying on spying on the Nazis because you gotta have Nazis in there somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Especially so if it's World War Two and we want to win an Oscar. Rate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's how both of our countries seem to be operating, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's an espionage film of him being pretending to be a Nazi officer or high command. And then the music the music has to be composed by John Williams. I was going to say, I was going to say <laughs> okay. because we want the music yeah. to be composed by Hans Zimmer, but we want to win, so Williams has got to do it. We can't. Yeah. Not yeah, if you want to win. win. We'll we get it. And in fairness, John Williams can write some pretty good music too. Yeah. Cinematography, we got to get Roger Deakins. Who's Roger Deakins? I have to confess my ignorance there. Oh Coen man, Brother, he's, he's done he's done all the Coen Brothers movies. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Dune. Did he do Blade Runner? He didn't do Dune. Did he do? Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, not Dune. Blade, Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners, oh, Sicario. Cool. So he's yeah, he's a lot of Denise films. As well. yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah, most most um, of them. Yeah, not Arrival. Is Francis McDormand gonna star in it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh no, I'd say we get a foreign actress like Marion Cotillard. Oh okay. yeah, good call. A great rom, a great tragic romance. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis and Marion Cotillard. <laughs> or got a German actress. Yeah, has yeah. she has she done a Mulan <laughs> and like you know she cut her hair and joined the forces? <laughs> that will work. Yeah, it's very timely. Hey guys, this this that will that will guarantee yeah. you win. This is really coming together. So we got a World War One slash World War Two. I, I don't know how we're going to fit the 83-year-old Ukrainian in there, but he's going to... He, he <laughs> Michael, he won't <laughs> wait to be fitted in. He's going he's gonna to get there. He's, <laughs> he's a rugby he's player. Bring you know? it. Uh, oh, we also need Aaron Sorkin to write the screenplay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you I, ever seen a Ukrainian 83-year-old man and Daniel Day-Lewis walk and talk? It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, Oscar 2023, it's ours. I would also like it. Quentin Tarantino to do a really terrible cameo. <laughs> Oh, where where do you want him to be from? What I want accent him to, yeah, do you want him to? I want him to <laughs> Austrian, Austrian accent. Austrian. Yeah, Austrian. Austrian by way of South Africa. <laughs> but guys, who's our director? That oh, that's a, a good, 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 good idea. I'm gonna... I say if we want to win, we go with uh, maybe Greta Gerwig. Okay, okay. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. yeah. She Catherine does great. She, she made the Hurt Locker in Zero Dark She already won. I think yeah. she has a great skill with wartime films. All right, let's go Catherine Bigelow. Beautiful. Uh, guys, I know we talked a little bit about diversity and representation and the, the, the Academy's getting getting better on that score. But I, I got to ask, right, because you guys are identical twins. Um, yeah, you're you not very diverse in... at all, the two of you. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah, on a genetic level. <laughs> I, host, I host a podcast with myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but do you guys ever get annoyed when actors play their own twins? You know, when you get one person playing the two characters. So Paul Dano in There Will Be Blood. Um, like the, uh, Army Lindsay Hammer Lohan. In, uh, in Lindsay Lohan. Army Hammer in, uh, in, uh, in, in what, Social, the so- social Network? He plays the Winklevoss Social twins. Network. The, these guys are eating your lunch, you know? Is this not... Ewan McGregor. You? So you think... No, I, I don't get upset with that at all because to yeah. find two high-caliber high actors to like act on that level, it's probably impossible. You know, I think that's the only way to do it is to have an actor with the body double or yeah, yeah. or CGI their face like they did with the Winklevoss twins, or or have them off camera. I think that's the only way to do it if you want like the most talent talented actor option for your film because that's the, that's the heart of the movie. I mean, 
uh, that Tom Hardy twin movie, it's it could have been a Legend. great film. Oh yeah, yeah. It really yeah. could have been. I think it just just missed the mark. But I mean, if it's two act two twins who you've never really heard of being in that role, no one's gonna go see it. You know, you, it, when it comes to the end of the day, every movie it's a it's for profit. It's a it's a product. You know, the movie star. Yeah. They, I mean, we love yeah, we love movies. They can't all be the Olsen twins. Yeah. <laughs> Studios love making movies, I'm sure, but they love making money, and that's the whole point of making a movie is to make a profit. And I mean, you gotta increase your chances to make a profit, so you need a star. I mean, unless there's star twins out there that are both super high caliber actors or actresses that could pull it off. I don't know. I mean, we're, ha, are there any yet? Fred and George, those twins, they're they're good, but I mean, leading lead actors in roles, I don't know. So I, I have no problem with it. So guys, we're coming up on this year's Oscars. Is there anything that you would change about the ceremony, about the awards, anything to make them more entertaining? As a, as a viewer uh, of the Oscars, what would you like to see? I, w- I would say focus less on musical numbers that seems like mm. they've been really heavy on big performances it's start, starting to feel like a grammys or yeah, mtv yeah. movie awards they also focus heavily on like just focusing on celebrities i think if maybe if they made the show more interactive for fans or the audience in some capacity um and uh, the host is so important sometimes the host doesn't work and then you're just like 10 minutes into their hosting duty you're like oh this is not like when billy crystal hosted yeah. so i think a matter of Entertainment is not just musical numbers, <laughs> and obviously younger people, you don't just have to get celebrity pop stars to do the musical numbers. I think Hugh Jackman did a great job when he hosted, combining yeah. the musical dance element into the, the, the inter, in, integrating it into the yeah. show, rather than just having like Eminem rap for no reason <laughs> like he did two years ago. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's in, intro was incredible. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we also have to remember it's an awards show. You know. I think we have to understand that. I think that the Academy, what they try to do is pretend like it's not an awards show at the same time, even though it is an awards show, which I think that causes like a disconnect with the audience tuning in because they're trying to say it's not a, it's like an awards show, but it's also this kind of thing. I think just embrace the fact that it is an awards show and play with it like old hosts like Billy Crystal used to do like that. I also, I also think if they tone down political political themes for the next for the future, the last few years they've been highly political and you know you're I, I, you're alienating people who don't agree with that so i would say to make it as expansive as to make as many people as possible to enjoy the the show get rid of that like sports have become less political this year and they've seen the profits return uh james and i we don't talk about politics on our show because we don't want to mm-hmm. offend anyone we don't want to turn anyone away so we just want to celebrate movies so i mm-hmm. think if they get back to that focus on that more than anything yeah, yeah. it could help them i mean one thing i would like to change is the same thing i'd like to change about the super bowl which is that it's on too late for people in ireland <laughs> you know even yeah, before yeah. daylight saving time like it's just too late for me you know it's <laughs> playing, that havoc with it are there plans to introduce a best popular film oscar is that i know it was proposed a couple of years ago. yeah it's like an audience award this year okay. yeah it's going to be okay. they're doing the voting on twitter i believe okay oh cool okay. well twitter's okay. a reasonable space yeah you know? nothing's ever gone wrong <laughs> oh yeah very reasonable it's not a cesspool of humanity or anything <laughs> it does it, it does feel a little strange though to have a best popular film because it's kind of like you uh it's like running the world cup and then separately giving out a medal for best football team you know it's like you, you're either best picture you're or you're not right so um it feels yeah. like an mtv award yeah 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 like yeah. best kiss yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Best best action star at the Oscars. <laughs> that best kiss award, man. Is that why that they did that Spider-Man Tobey Maguire kiss upside down? Because they were like, let's Nailed just twist it. it up. Like we gotta change yeah. them in. Probably that could have been that could have been the motivation for sure. Yeah. It's also a great shot. Yeah. Come on, that, that's an <laughs> iconic, great, great marketing. Oh, listen, it's why I always kiss upside down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping someone's filming it. You know. <laughs> Um, obviously the uh, what was it La La Land Moonlight that was a that was a, a bit of a car crash that was great that was so it was great, great. I, was I loved say. it so this much is... I, I thought it was funny yeah. Yeah. but is this now you know would you be more likely to watch it if you think something like that's going to happen I, I think they should have left it loose like don't don't tighten it up you know let those mistakes happen the globes are always more entertaining because like you used to have Ricky Gervais getting drunk on stage <laughs> yeah. just bashing everyone yeah. And that was just like so entertaining. Michael is on record as saying that uh, his favorite jokes are jokes where people drop their pants. So like, I presume that's what you want to see, Michael. Just endless, you know, slapstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sight gags. Yeah. People spilling water when they run on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big absolutely. ladders and sheets of glass going across the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you want it to be like yeah. a Marx Brothers sketch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I ask, have you guys, so you guys are big film fans you've watched a lot of oscars have you ever cried watching the oscars cried watching the oscars mm, i don't probably know not no i'm not sure i think oh, maybe... no, me, me neither definitely not yeah <laughs> <laughs> during the um what's the the segment where they do all the act the filmmakers and, and everyone who's passed away at the end of the oh, show yeah. or like halfway through the show that's always very emotional especially like the year when like heath ledger passed yeah, away yeah. that was super emotional and then he won i think i, I teared think up heath ledger yeah. when he i think when he won posthumously the best supporting actor i think i um, teared up when that happened yeah. that was a really emotional situation and, and everyone felt that i in the remember audience. i hadn't seen the film by the time the oscars happened and because i'm a horrible person i was like oh well like because he's dead like obviously you know people are gonna go for <laughs> oh my god and i watched the film and i was like oh my god that's <laughs> one of the greatest performances i've ever seen like give him another he's Oscar. only 28 he's like 28 years old it's crazy what a talent yeah unbelievable to be yeah. fair hugh usually just cries because he's stayed up so late <laughs> yeah exactly i just want to go to bed yeah. no i got a bit teary when uh uh, Francis McDormand won again and started calling on Meryl Streep and all the women in the audience and all that thing a couple of years ago when she won for three billboards. Oh, the contract yeah, thing. I got, yeah. I got a bit of. Well, she was calling them. She was she, she called them out. She was trying to fight them. No, no, no. She was talking about equal pay. It was different in my head. Okay. Yeah. She was like, "I'll take you. I'll take you." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the happiest I was ever seen to a movie win and filmmaker win, win was uh Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I've been a fan mm-hmm. of his for a long time, and international films never, never get not get recognition other than the best foreign film category. But to see him win best screenplay, best director, best picture, like that was just unbelievable. And I and I, it was my favorite movie that year, and I think it's one of the best movies of the century. So seeing a, a South Korean filmmaker who barely spoke English win the oscar for best director i thought that was amazing not to mention the respect he showed for like he, yeah. he name dropped scorsese and everyone gave scorsese a standing applause and it's like that is so yeah. much respect that he yeah. has for filmmakers yeah. that's incredible do you think that that's kind of a watershed moment like are you going to see a lot more foreign films win now like is that yeah i think so i think with the golden globes specifically with squid game there are actors who won best actors at the golden globes that were in squid game so i think now we're finally going to see 
other cinema from other countries get recognized, not just from English-speaking countries recognized as, you know, worthy of Best Picture nominations and Best Acting, Best Actresses, mm. stuff like that, even screenplays, rather than just being in the only category of foreign or international film, whatever they've called it the last several years. And I think that, you know, now maybe Bong Joon-ho's next film, maybe even like a Park Chan-wook film will be nominated for something in the future. So I think it's really incredible that finally stuff like that's being recognized. And we'll it's, see French It's getting film. better. Because the director of Drive My Car, the Japanese film this year, he got nominated for Best Director. And also, um, Antonio Banderas, obviously he's super famous, but he was nominated for his performance in an Almodovar movie a couple of years but ago. But it is that thing that, like, the, up till now, I guess, it's like we talked about it earlier, like the, the patronizing category of Best Foreign Film, Best Animated Film, you know, Best Comedy stuff. Obviously, there isn't an Oscar Best Comedy. Like, it's, it's such a... It's such a lack of respect, you know, to be like, well, this is a foreign film, so obviously it can't make it into the good category, so therefore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, guys, I'm going to push it to, uh, to final judgments, legitimate like or not. Um, I think we'll give, we'll give our guests a final, a final say in this. So I'll go to Hugh and, and Will first. What do you guys think? This is the worst part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know quite a lot, Hugh. I've, I've recognized that maybe four of the names that you've all said, film and actor, and I'm, like, meant to be in the industry. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, listen, I have enjoyed this so much because there was a time when I was uh, about 15 or 16... I kind of very briefly, I say got into film, got into just watching more films and getting more interested in the industry and <laughs> was following. Briefly got into film. I thought you meant like you got an agent, you made a show reel. <laughs> yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> uh, just a couple of poor well, choices, you know, that's the only thing that stopped me. Well, um, Hugh, Hugh actually, Hugh shares a name with a, a prominent Irish actor and actually once got uh, nominated for an Irish film and tell award. Uh, by, by oh, t- film and television award by accident, and I think you, I turned down on your behalf because I was yeah I was, I was logged into your email account. Was, yeah, Michael was in my emails, saw this award nomination. So guys, okay, here's a question for you, right? You receive an email, or you see that your friend has received an email. Your best friend apparently has received an email nominating him for an Irish film and television award that you know or Oscars that you know yeah. he has not earned. Okay, and you know it's not meant for him. Come on, you accept it. Come on, like what? Yeah, yeah, you don't send an email back saying, "Excuse oh, me, um, I think you actually mean a different Hugh O'Connor." I, I love process. Oh, you, you want to take that as far as it goes? I actually still get quite a lot of emails for the other Hugh O'Connor. Like I literally got one yesterday about someone had written some film, and they were like, "Hugh, can you take a look over it?" And I always want to be like, yeah, "I can." <laughs> you probably don't want my opinion. Just send but, back uh, a load of notes. Be like, "Wow, that, thanks so much." Yeah, but no, shout out to Hugh O'Connor. Connor because he's a very very nice guy oh and, we should uh, get him on the podcast we should he's more in he's more writing and directing i think than uh, than acting but he was uh yeah he's done some great stuff um but yeah i kind of and i briefly sort of got interested in like how the industry worked and was following the oscars and i i don't know i i suppose the perception the perception that we have is that the academy yeah is is old white guys making decisions and that it's stilted and stale and conservative and it's been really interesting to hear more about you know your guys knowledge on the topic um that said some of what you've said has has obviously confirmed that even though there does seem to be a change more recently and oh i really don't know where to go on this um it's, it's I, so tense 
it's so tense. Like I feel it in the air. I'm gonna say it's it's one of those awkward situations as well where like I've so enjoyed this conversation, and mm. there's a real risk that I'm just looking to vote that James and Anthony are a legitimate like, and that their podcast is a legitimate yeah, like, which yeah. it absolutely <laughs> is. But I I'm actually going to say that the Oscars hasn't yet done enough for me to get to legitimate like. I think it can get there. But I think I'm going to say the Oscars for me is not a legitimate like. Ooh. Okay, a work in progress. Okay. I, okay. I came into this with exactly the same attitude, Hugh. And I might be suffering from uh, James and Anthony-itis. But hey, I'm happy to suffer from it. They've taught me <laughs> around. Like, I, I'm interested. I feel like it's a field I should know more about. <laughs> and uh, I also think, vested interest, if I ever want to be in with a shout of getting some of those gifts and being on those Oscar tours, you know, I can't say they're bad in case I ever win one. That's a fair point. Which is pretty likely. Pretty likely. Um, it's happening soon. So I'm going to say they're a legitimate like. It's a big old big old double cynical thumbs up from Will. Okay. <laughs> and then James and Anthony, what do you guys think? I'm going to say just the prestige alone of the Academy Awards mm. and the Oscars and just watching people win them. I think for me, that makes it a legitimate like. You know, for a lot of them, it's, it's the biggest accomplishment and honor they can receive. And I think it's just incredible that, that they have an award for that, that, you know, the Golden Globes is great, but, you know, it's the Golden Globes. But the Oscars, it's it's a different level. It's the pinnacle of the industry. So for that reason alone, I'm giving the Oscars a legitimate like. But I think that their production, I think they, they still need to work on that. And they can get to the, where they were. I think even like five years ago, the show was still really good. But I think if they get the show better, it'll be even a double legitimate like for me too. Ooh, double. I am giving it a legitimate like as well. It the Oscars represent greatness, and it's like the, you know the championship pro- trophy in football or American football. It's you strive for greatness, and uh, the idea of the Oscars, what it represents, makes people pursue it in with great passion and great love, and it's just a motivator for all artists to achieve the highest quality of work they can. Well, I mean, that's it's official, guys. Official, yeah. It's the, official. The Oscars is the like. equivalent of Best Picture. Yeah, I mean, also your guys', your guys argument sounded way better than my. Mm, mm, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't like them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be overruled on this one. That's it's official. Officially, I like. They can continue. They won't be stopped. Yeah, we didn't tell you we'll that before. You're because welcome, because Oscars. You're if welcome. We voted it down. Yeah, it was gone. So like, you'd have had to cancel it for this year. So like, we saved the show. Yeah, we we saved it. Put the pressure on you, but it's a it's a dangerous game we play here. You know, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh yeah, thanks so much. Oh yeah, it was a lot Thank of fun. Thank you for having us. Yeah, knocked it out of the park. Big danger to say this because I think we'll we'll lose a lot of listeners uh, who will immediately go across because they'll like you more than us. But please do <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you and where they can listen to you and what they can expect. You can find us everywhere. Just Raiders of the Lost podcast. We're on every audio streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Same thing, YouTube, Raiders of the Lost podcast, Instagram, TikTok. We're really big there. We're all over the place. Twitter, you can find us, Raiders Lost Pod on Twitter or um, all those film stuff. But yeah, you can find us anywhere. Just search our name in Google. We have a website. And it's such a it's such an engaging podcast. I'd say like Michael has been a fan for a long time, I know, and he he got me into into you guys and like Again, I kind of thought, you know, when it's a new podcast, you're like, oh, like, oh, 
where do I start and how do I get in? But but I did. I started with the Reservoir Dogs episode and I was like, do you know what? This is just great. This is exactly what I want. It's people talking about movies. They clearly nice. like them. And yeah, so yeah, couldn't recommend it highly enough. It's positively charged. Well, you got to go on our Appreciate Instagram it. because I, I posted clips where I went to the locations of Reservoir Dogs because it's in our neighborhood oh, where they filmed wow. it. And I sh- and I took videos of the shots of like when Mr. Pink steals oh, the car wow. and gets wow. in the shootout with the police and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's on the Instagram if you want to check that out. Cool. Will, thanks for co-hosting as always. You're so welcome. I think my expertise was invaluable here. Yeah, I've, I've we we've really uh, we've really got shown up tonight, Will. I think that's, yeah. that's fair. To be honest, the more we do this, you carried us on your back. Like there's a there's a balance. I feel like you want your guests to bring expertise, but there's a balance because otherwise, like today, it's come on and it it appears that we don't even know what films are. You know. Like... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I live in Will's shadow now after this conversation. Yeah. My Absolutely. very tiny shadow. Uh, Michael, thank you for producing and in particular uh, not realizing the time difference. So we left our guests waiting in the waiting room. All reliable. <laughs> Honest yeah, mistake. Power play. It was just to keep it fresh. <laughs> thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know what you'd like to hear next. And so, it is goodbye from Anthony and James. See you later, y'all. It's goodbye from Will. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Michael. Goodbye. That's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.